Good morning, Mike. Hey, bud. Nicholas, it's great to see you. It's great. It to is be good here to see you. you. I've been told that I call people bud too much, and that people don't like being called bud. I want to be as clear as I possibly can be. I do not like being called bud or pal. Is it condescending? Yes, it's extremely condescending. What if I hit you with a bub? I'm okay with bub. Bub is love. What about bubby? What if I said, what's up, bubby? Hey, bubby. I'll take bubby too, actually. That feels... Wow. So you are okay with bub and even bubby, but if I called you bud or buddy, that is condescending. Yes, absolutely. Because follow your line of thinking. What? Well, I've heard that many times in my life. One comes from a position of power looking down on the other. Hey, bud. I get to call you bud. Don't like it. Hey, pal. The other comes from a place of love. Bub. Because that's not, that's not standard. Bub to me is like, I'm showing my love. I'm rubbing my, my face against your face. Oh, that's not the, that's not the vibe I was going for. But I, I like calling people, I like switching it up. That's why I yes. like saying bub. I like saying bud. And it's never condescending for me. It's always the tone that can connotate condescension. No, no bud is entirely condescending. I do, not, I do not like it. I do not like being called pal. Pal more than bud, clearly. <laughs> I keep pal, bringing up pal. Pal is bad. I keep, yeah. Hey, pal. You're calling me pal? What about no. bucko? What if I said, what, hey, bucko? Uh, nope. Out. <laughs> Out on bucko. That's like father talking to son or like some kind of older person talking to younger person. It's like giving someone a pat on the back when really you're, you're trying to say, I'm dominant. I'm dominant on you. I'm the alpha in the room. That's that's Who's what it the is. Alpha of the, who do you think's the alpha of this show? We trade. We trade. I think it's probably you, but we trade. Should we just make this a never-ending competition to see who can be the most alpha? Alpha of the, the could be wrong. Alpha the episode. Yeah, I'd like that. Oh, that's good. That's good. We'll get to the end of each episode and we'll vote. <laughs> we'll vote yeah. on who <laughs> secret <laughs> secret ballot. We'll do it's a secret like ballot and then if there's a tie then we'll leave it open to the show at all, gang. I think that's a perfect way to do it. Yes, but first we we vote. And so far, I am the alpha, by the way, because I've been very clear and strong while you've been asking questions. That's the alpha. I think I've called you I've called you Bub, Bud, and Bucko, which makes me the alpha of this show. But you know what? We've got a lot of time left. There's a lot of time left in this episode for each of us to establish our dominance over the other. You called me Bucko? I mean, you just asked about Bucko. But if you call me Bucko, I am steaming. I'm I'm up to here. Okay. And if you're listening, my hand is raised. I'm up to here. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I need to do something. Actually, I need to do something while we start this episode. I need to get the glasses ready because I feel like this could be a glasses yeah. on heavy episode. We're at the end of the season. We got Maui Invitational in the book. So you've got the glasses in hand. I don't. Why don't you... Do the honor. This would be a major alpha move, by the way. Actually, it's an alpha move by me to offer you the opportunity to do the show rundown. So this is an alpha point for me. Why don't you give the show rundown? I am now giving you tasks to do. That's another major alpha move. 
while I go get my glasses. Not having your glasses is not alpha, but that's fine. That and I accept. Yeah, of course. What do you mean? Okay. We're doing the show. The one thing I do is get my glasses. Wrong. Okay, you go. Okay. All right. All right. Today, we are going to talk about KU football's absolute wrecking of Cincinnati. Skyline Chili, where are you at? Announcers, you're still on the toilet. Jason Bean was incredible. He gave us one great ride. We're going to give him some love. We have to give him some love. I assume we're going to show it all at some point. There'll be some showing. Um, And then we're going to recap the regular season. I mean, the Jayhawks had a good year. The dream season was on the table. There are a lot of regrets. We're going to do some regular season awards here. Really two. Two awards. The Sick Rich Hot Badass Mofo of the Year and the Suck Bag Loser of the Year. We're going to talk about bowl games for KU football. Then we're going to recap the Maui Invitational for KU basketball. Shaka Smart, we are watching you. We are watching you very closely. You might get might get some run in the awards, but the bounce back win over Tennessee was there, and the Jayhawks have some fun games coming up. All that, Nick, and much, much more. And, and, and I could be wrong. You guys could look at this. And I, I could be wrong on this. I could be wrong. And I could be wrong. I, I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong on that. You'd have to ask him. But That was a hey. good intro. That, that was a really good intro, man. Don't grade me. I just me. want to give you props. Don't grade me. Don't give me props. Because I'm, I'm the grader. No, you no. are the gradee, okay. which makes me above you. Some would call that being your alpha. Nope. I, sh- I shut it down. That's an alpha move. Point for me. Three zero me. All right. All right, Nick. Are you enraged about Skyline Chili? Nope, cutting you off. We're going to the show. Wow, okay. Wow, 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 wow. Four zero. Um, Am I enraged about Chili? No, I'm not. I've actually, (laughs) I know a couple people from Cincinnati, and I've, in recent weeks, been talking about Skyline Chili. And they don't mess around with it, man. Like, if you start bad-mouthing it, it is... It's like going to Kansas City and saying the barbecue is not that great because it's so messy. Like, they don't mess around with their chili. Did you see what it looked like? <laughs> I've seen what it looks like. It, it's it's not appetizing. It's not appealing to me. It's not appealing to most people, I would argue. But it is, uh, it's, it's a sacred meal in Got Cincinnati. It. And we it was will... pretty disgusting when they started eating it on the broadcast. Uh, did you see the face of the sideline reporter when she yeah. took a bite of it? It was great. Yep. There's there's no way that they weren't all pooping their pants, having diarrhea mm. through the night. Immature. So, Immature and disgusting. That's a point for me. No, it's I'm, actually not a point for you. Uh, <laughs> KU beats Cincinnati 49-16. to 16. That's an alpha score. I'll tell you what. 49-16. That was good. To 16. An absolute beatdown. And it really, the blowout all manifested in the fourth quarter. It was a relatively close game up until that point. And then Jason Bean alpha the Bearcats with in, in a what two minute span, he rips off a 46 yard touchdown run, a 50 yard touchdown run. This was the full Jason Bean experience in this game. And I think we have to start there. What a way for him to end his regular season collegiate career. That was, I don't know, the five-touchdown game versus Oklahoma State. It was in a losing effort, so it's kind of tough. And he, no, no. We got he sort of dribbled down his leg there the last you know, 10 minutes of that game. What he did against Cincinnati, albeit it was Cincinnati, but 
you completed the assignment. You're supposed to blow that team out. That's what you did, and he had a major hand in that. 250 yards, two touchdowns through the air. And then four carries, 90 yards, and two tugs, man. What a game for Jason Bean. A little four-beaner on the way out for the Hawks. What's the glasses on for? Stats. You just you just cited stats. Well, so I don't think stats. that's... Five I, touchdowns. I just gave... Two touchdowns. <laughs> so now I can't even reference what a player did in no, a you game? Can. You can't. I here's how I reference it. Jason Bean showed it all. We finally, he finally did. got the Jason Bean game where he took off, made electric plays with his feet. He was steady with his arm. He didn't miss any like easy throws. This was the bean that was promised. And it tasted so, so good. And that is how you talk about Jason Bean without naming stats. Point for me. But he was, he really was flicking it. Awesome. He was flicking and it. Yes, point for you. Now, I think we've, he's had such a tough or up and down go at KU. I just want to take a minute to be like, man, I'm proud of that dude. And I'm really happy to have him on this team, to have him be part of this program, part of the rebuild that I don't think, um, I mean, he helped really take KU football a step forward here. And I think he's going to be remembered really strongly, maybe maybe more than he should be <laughs> because of all of that. Mm. I, think, I think the equal love, fair love, fair love. Yeah, I don't think it's more than he should be because we've referenced it several points throughout the season. But now that we're at the end of the season, I think it's worth mentioning again. This guy almost left Kansas in the offseason. leaving. And for good reason. Like, he entered the transfer portal. Oh, he was done. If, he was, like, re- if he he was re- retiring from football. Oh, he was retiring? I thought he was entering the portal. I think he was done. We're going to have to fact check that, but not now. So, show it all, gang. You fact check us. You tell us which one of us was right, and that could end up being the deciding factor in who wins this episode. But... Regardless, he was not going to be a Kansas Jayhawk at, at, at one point this summer. And I wouldn't, like, nobody would have recommended that he come back to Kansas. Why would you? You're going to come back and sit on the bench for a year? If they wouldn't have had him, this 8-4 and four season becomes what, Mike? 6-6? Six and 5-7? Six, and seven? Yeah. Right? Who, who knows where this team goes without Jason Bean and he comes and, and salvages the season and not just salvages it like eight and four, dude, you improved off what you did a season ago. And I don't want to skip too far ahead here because I know we're going to do like a season recap, but you won one game. You won one game two years ago. Yeah. And now Jason Bean, I don't think it's outlandish to say Jason Bean led you to an eight win season when two years ago, we did not think this guy was going to be a part of the future of this program. And here he is giving us one of the most memorable seasons of my lifetime. Pretty special. I, mean, I, I, I agree. Are, do you, are we doing season recap? I mean, is there anything else you want to add about the Cincinnati game? Do you really want to break down no, the, uh, no, 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 no. I mean, it was, it was a really fun, nice game. Also, great resilience. Like, KU didn't need to win that. There wasn't much to play for on paper, but it is a... We've seen it 
throughout Lance Leipold's tenure here, they've really bounced back from adversity strong every time. Bad half, bad play, where in the past, key football would crumble. They don't. That's it. Like, they have not crumbled. They have bounced back every single time, and they continued to do it. I expected them to show up that way, hypothetically wagered on it to happen, and hypothetically it happened because of what Leipold's Jayhawks have done and because of guys like Jason Bean. So there it is. Do we have any to show? Because Do we have anything to show? Because we didn't call for DMs. We didn't call for DMs. We're going to have a few show it all submissions, but we're going awesome. to do it a little different. We're going to sprinkle it in throughout oh. the show. Oh, I like that. Is that okay. okay? Yeah. Alpha, alpha, alpha for you. Alpha for you. Yes. Very good. Yeah. And was, me, uh, me giving you alpha point is a point for me as well. Thank you. Yeah, that actually is. And me being a big enough man to thank you for that and recognize that actually alpha. in turn makes me a bit of an alpha. Uh, so I don't know if that was Jason Bean's swan song because at this point I'm fully <laughs> expecting him to be the starter in whatever bowl game KU plays in. Yeah. I know it's today's November 27th. So you've got a full month before KU's going to play again. But at this point, I'm not really holding out any hope that Jalen's going to come back. And even if he did... Like I, I would still want him out there, but there would certainly be a conversation about like who should start this game based on the season that Jason Beans had, based on the fact that he's actually been playing football. Like the, I've been pushing back on the idea that oh, if Jalen comes back, you should still su- start Jason. But I, I would say the more time that passes, the more you do wonder like is there going to be a rust factor with Jalen whenever he does come back? Would you rather have the guy who's been playing football all season? be your starter how close to 100 percent would Jalen realistically be if he does come back then you look back at the Arkansas game last year and you say well I guess there wasn't a ton of rust then but it feels different because it's been longer since we've seen Jalen play this time around even out of out of respect and nod to, to what we just talked about with Jason Bean I would want Jason Bean to be the starter at least for the first possession and then I would want to watch like an game. honorable, like yeah. an honorable snap. No, an, yeah, an honorable possession, whole first drive he gets. But then I would want to watch Andy Codal Nikki get in his bag of trips, tricks, have like Bean in the backfield with Devin Neal and Jalen. And then you have Jalen handing it off to Bean, throwing passes. Like that's what was going to happen. I've been saying I've wanted to see it all year. E- either way, I don't really anticipate Jalen coming back. Why? Why risk if he's not 100%? I don't know where he'll be, but like, I think it's, I, I'm just not going to plan on it. So, honorable first drive, though, no matter what. Bean gets the first possession. I don't care if he breaks I like his that leg. Idea. I, I like want him idea. out there on crutches. You don't care if he breaks his leg. Well, like I you will do. Be indifferent. You will be indifferent <laughs> towards him. But I want him to snapping play out of femur. honor because that's how much I respect him. We'll probably talk more about this like after the bowl game in a month, but is Jason Bean having the success he's had at Kansas? Is that more about him and how good he is and maybe how much we didn't appreciate his skill level across his time at Kansas? Or is this more of a positive looking forward under this system with this coaching staff and this play calling, knowing that the, the, the system is so good and it's so quarterback friendly 
that even a guy like if Cole Ballard is your starter next season, or maybe Jalen comes back and he's your starter, and maybe it's a guy we're not even talking about. Maybe it's an incoming freshman who looked incredible last night. We should just expect a certain level of production from whoever's in at quarterback. It's it's both. I mean, you got Cole Ballard. Kansas had 27 against K-State. We saw, I think, some really strong offensive moments that game. We saw some some flubs. So, like, I've, I think Kansas is generally going to be able to put up points. They will scheme their offense to the talent they have. So it will change. They When they're at Buffalo, for example, one year they led the Mac in passing. The next year they led it in rushing or vice versa. I don't remember the order. So they are willing to go where the talent is. I, I think it is a very obviously friendly and strong offensive system. But also part of it is is Jason Bean. But if we're looking forward, I'm pretty confident in the in the offense based on what I've seen, based on Cole Ballard coming in and the Jayhawks being able to put up 27 against Kansas State. Like I feel like they will find a way. And last night, I, I mentioned it, the quarterback commit, Isaiah Marshall, went off in their state championship game against the number one recruit in the country. They won. So I think the future is pretty bright here for this offense. And if not, like the transfer portal exists. So they're fine. Too bad you didn't. Too bad we don't have sunglasses because I would have put them on. I would have put some shades on when you said the future is so bright because you're right. Like it's almost oh. blinding me. Oh, the brightness of the future. I do think <laughs> it going back to like the pre Lance Leipold era and take your pick of whichever coach you want to bake into this reference. There was a, there was conversation every single year about do the quarterbacks just suck yeah. or or is it the system? Is it the lack of coaching and the lack of uh, you know unpredictable play calling? So now I'm to the point where I think, you know what, some of those guys, whether it's like Montel Cozart, we saw Carter Stanley and the shift that he had near Ryan the end Willis. of his Kansas career. Ryan Willis went on to have success elsewhere. I'm starting to think that like maybe it wasn't a talent problem at the quarterback position. Now, I do think these guys like Jalen Daniels and Jason Bean are probably a, a step above most of those dudes. But there is part of me that says, okay, well, now that you have a really, really innovative play caller and a really good system. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a level of confidence I have regardless of who's going to come in at quarterback. Like you mentioned Cole Ballard. He didn't light the world on fire first K state, but he did enough. He did enough for Kansas to, to win that game. So like, I don't put that loss on his shoulders, special teams, uh, a dropped pick six, like those, that's where my attention goes to. So I do think that, as long as Kotelnicki and Leipold are here, I'm going to expect this offense to be, you know, top 40, top 50 in the country. And maybe that's not even strong enough. Can we talk about Kotelnicki for a second? Because I think he got a lot yeah. of flack this year. You and I have been pretty adamant in defending him because when it works well, you got to give him credit. When it doesn't work well, you know, like he looks... Foolish. The first person to get blame. The first per- person Every to get time. blame whenever this offense doesn't perform to our expectations. And the offense is really, really good. Like, let's continue to be clear historically, especially compared to what we're used to. So Andy Kotelnicki, I think we saw it there against Cincinnati. Like, they have made it really hard to defend the the coaching staff. 
has made it really hard to defend Kansas. It puts a ton of stress on the defense. They do it through creativity. Now, part of the reason I think fans get so frustrated with Kodal Nicky is when it goes wrong, it is really <laughs> deflating and almost disheartening because of like a third and six weird option call to a short sideline or something that a uh, running back pass in the red zone. They've picked some really deflating moments to flub on. I think the the goal zone, the, sorry, the red zone situations, the third and short conversion percentage, put on the glasses. Struggling is indicative of that. Thank you. Thank you. Glasses are on. But you got to look at the whole picture here. And so, yeah, those disheartening moments happen. Also, the staff is still three years into really big time football. Like, let's call it what it is. They were D3 for a long time. They were in the MAC for a few years. Andy Kodolnicki has got a lot of time to improve. I expect him to continue to get better. And the small-time guys are getting the stage that they deserve. They're showing why they deserved it, and it's working out. But the microscope's going to be on them in ways that they're not used to as well. I expect them to adjust and continue to get better over time. So that is in defense of Andy Kotelnicki in the Kansas Jayhawks offense, which is really, really good and not the issue at all with this team. No, it's. Yeah. And if you're to say, like, well, what is the issue with this team? I don't even really think I have a good answer for that, because then I look at the defense and you would always say, well, the offense is lifting the defense up year over year improvement, though. This defense went from giving up 35 points a game to 25 points a game. Like, that's the difference between going six and seven and sitting here at eight and four before your bowl game. Like, Brian Borland, a little sneaky preview, a little sneaky sneak. Brian Borland, could he be a finalist for the sick, rich, hot, badass mofo of the year? Who had a better come up this year than the Kansas defense? The offense was good last year, but the defense, major improvements from year two to year three. They got better and better and better as the season went on since that Texas game where they gave up 40. Even Oak State, they they pissed down their leg, as you said earlier, in a different version. But last three games, last four games, Iowa State, they gave up 21. Texas Tech, 16. Kansas State, 31. And then 16 to Cincinnati. Like, really clear improvement. I don't care that the schedule is easier. If the defense, the defense was as bad as it was and it was like for them to get to where they are at the end of this year, really impressive. They figured it out. They figured out their DBs are really good. Stack the box, make team pass on you. And even in those games where they gave up a lot of points, they still normally had a pick six, which is wild. So like super opportunistic, uh, Brian Borland, you're you're clearly off fraud watch and entering that sick rich badass mofo territory. It's crazy. It's crazy how quickly you can go from uh, the po homes to the high rise. You know the po home, po homes to the penthouse. I think is actually the projects to the penthouse. You know, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Hey, I think you know what I'm saying. Uh, hey, wh- what are you going to say? Where's yours? What are you going to say? I think we were going to say the no, same don't thing. Don't ask me what I'm going to say. Just say something. What were something. you going to say? What were you going to say, though? I was going to go into, like, season recap mode. Dream season. Yeah. Dream season. Yeah. That's where I was at. Eight and four. 
Eight and four is the final record of the regular season with a chance to go to nine and four with a bull win. Pretty insane. Pretty insane to think about going back to the conversations we had before the season, going back to where this program was at just two years ago to build off what you did last year. I know there were a lot of bumps along the road. We got our hopes up maybe after that Oklahoma game to think like, could this team be a 10 win team? Could they be a nine win team? Eight and four it's worth mentioning, is pretty freaking insane. I know there is an element of the what if, like biggest what if season ever. What if Jalen Daniels was healthy? What if Jason Bean starts versus K-State? My question for you is, is it a suck bag loser mentality to go into what if mode immediately after the regular season ends? Because I know a lot of people are doing that. If only We've all done it. If only this guy was healthy. If only that guy would have played. It kind of feels like a suck bag loser mentality when you're sitting here at eight and four after an objectively successful season. The short answer is is yes. It is. It is. We shouldn't focus on the what if. And I don't like telling fans how to be fans. But for me, like so much went wrong for KU this year where to finish eight and four, like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like this is the step in the right direction. This is what you needed to see when we talked about KU at the beginning of the year. I think your mark was eight and four, wasn't it? For a successful season yeah. or eight and five. I don't, I don't know where we, no big deal. Alpha point for me. That's probably two points. Well, for me, actually. No, mm, alpha point for me is that I basically had the correct record prediction all year. Well, beta point for you is before the season, you said you would have been happy with six wins. A lot of people took your, a lot of people had your back on that. You guys all get a beta point as well. You guys all (laughs) kind of have suck back loser mentalities. Just saying, let's just win six. I said eight. They won eight. I, I had my finger on the pulse of this team all season long in a way that nobody else on this show really has. I just enjoyed. I just enjoyed that. All right. So, yeah, I'm not playing the what if game. This is the kind of year KU football has been missing for decades. The good season, the standard good (laughs) season. It has been elusive. I, I looked and saw KU hasn't had an eight win regular season since 1981 with Don Fambro. Like. Wait, what? Oh, you mean exactly eight exactly wins. Exactly eight wins in the regular season. Okay, Which that's kind like, of a weird way to look at it's it. It's a weird as way to look at it. More, as if winning more games I know. should be discredited. Well, I was just curious. Like, what about a good, a normal good season? That's just what I was curious about. Because it, it's been elusive. Where KU's basically ended at six and then had the random pop off for like 10, 10 to 12 wins. It doesn't make, or I guess all that, whatever. Doesn't make much sense. Uh, so I think for KU to have a standard good season, really important spin zone, spin zone. I actually think it's better that they didn't win so much because we're talking about. <laughs> thank you. We're talking about sustaining. I'm going to take the joke and make it serious. Sustaining long-term success. KU football wins more. Expectations get out of whack. Lance Leipold goes to Texas A&M. And Andy Kotelnik is that coach. We're all, we're all, we don't know what the future is. Okay. Instead, I have to nope, stop you nope, right no, now. Wait, 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 wait. Let and me this go. This is not Let a timeout. Me. This is a technical, this is a technical nope. foul. Nope. It's better that KU won less. Eight and four is about the long term project that is Kansas football. 
You can't just build a skyscraper without a solid foundation, Nick. This was a foundation. <laughs> oh my god. This was a foundation That's the year. Worst thing has ever been uttered on this show. I agree. And you may have just wrapped up you may have just wrapped up suck bag loser of the year. Well, okay. Yeah. Put a T on me. What's your what's your counter argument? That winning more okay, would have first been better. off. I want to hear it. Okay, yeah. I don't think you can do, do it. I really need, do I really need to justify that? First off, I would say if Lance Leipold went to Texas A&M, Andy Kovnicki is not staying at Kansas to become the head coach. Why? We have absolutely no debt. I don't know. Let me think here, Mike. Uh, he followed him from Wisconsin Whitewater to Buffalo. He followed him from Buffalo to Kansas. Now, now he's going to say, no, I'm going to stay at Kansas when I have a chance to be an OC in the SEC. Are you out of your mind? This is where he's going to finally detach himself from Lance Leipold's hip. I completely I, you're disagree. Crazy. You're getting really a power three conference head coaching job. Oh my God! Look at you now. You're coming up. You are now. You are now inventing terms okay. to justify your, your ridiculous statement. You're comparing Buffalo and Wisconsin Whitewater to to Kansas, which is not. It doesn't make sense. No, Colonel uh, it Sanders, does make sense. You're wrong. <laughs> it actually, it actually makes a ton of sense. Stop trying to like without any sort of data make Kansas like a destiny, like the, the departure saying, if, for Andy Kotelnicki. He's been here for three years and now he wants to like be a lifer. No, I'm like just saying that's the opportunity a good, he's going to take. I think it's a pretty, actually pretty good job. Okay. Okay. For him. I think there's a lot of people around the country who probably would disagree with that. Imagine him going to Texas A&M, Texas A&M with the type of, with the level of recruits they can bring in, they have a top 15 offense in the country. What kind of opportunities do you think he's going to get there? Okay. Do you think he would get an opportunity better than being the Kansas head football coach? Because I, think, I do. I think he'll get an extra $2 million a year. I think that's pretty, pretty attractive. For the record, millions of dollars makes a difference in people's lives. I think you don't have a response to that. I, you're igno- see the the problem with your argumentative style is that you just ignore whatever I say and you just keep barreling down your path. No, I am saying him being an OC in the SEC and having success there. What kind of opportunities do you think would present themselves to him then? The uh, a good Power Five job if they succeed. Or they'll flame out, win seven, eight games he'll be, a year. He'll be the head coach. He'll be the head coach at Mississippi in three years. Kansas. No, look the the highest coordinator, Steve Sarkeesian. Oh, this is 2020. They're making like two million dollars a year. Kansas pays him four million dollars a year. No, no, no! Don't, 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 don't do research while we're in the middle of an argument. Don't don't pull up data. Don't pull up data. I'm in just the saying, of the like you're the guy. You're the guy. Here's who's here's who you are, Mike. You're the guy when we're having a debate. Are on. And then you're and then you're pulling up your phone to like do research to, to like prove. back up your arguments. No, talk to me. I'm right here. Talk to me. Okay. Don't go look up here's, coaching salaries while we're talking. Here's one major reason I think Andy Kotelnicki would take the job hypothetically in a way that we're probably not going to see play out. $10 million over four years. That's probably the difference. Why would this... This guy was making like $50,000 a year at Wisconsin Whitewater for his career. At Buffalo, he's probably making a few hundred thousand. Now he can make an extra $10 million? I just completely disagree 
about this idea that A&M is like some holy grail for coordinators in the SEC with Texas and Oklahoma coming. I don't know this man for the record. I don't know what makes him tick, but I do. He's actually a close. He's actually a close personal friend of mine, and he told me he would not take the Kansas job. So there you go. And I just completely, I just completely ruined the trust factor that I had with him. Our friendship's probably going to deteriorate now that I just put that out there. Where the fuck are your? You heard it here first. You've been scoopless. Yeah, you heard it here first. Texting Bryce. Um. Okay. Yeah. Please do. Uh, let's get into uh, Reggie Season Awards. Let's get into some regular season awards. We have two. We have a grand total of two that we need to give out here. Put your phone down. No, I'm listening. Listen to me. I'm I, listening. I'm listening. I can Keep see going. your eyes are down on your no, phone. No, I'm still texting. Uh, sick, rich, hot, sick, rich, hot, badass mofo of the year. This is, I would argue, uh, the most esteemed award. Yes. The most prestigious award that we're going to give out all season long. Who are the finalists for Sick Rich Hot Badass Mofo of the Year? I've sent my text. Um, let's just start naming some names. We're going to name names. Jason Bean obviously gets one. Um, Jason Bean gets one. Uh, Devin Neal gets one. Uh, Cole Ballard gets one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if we want to take this in the literal sense, Bill Self is probably about as sick and rich as they come right now yeah. based off his current contract situation yeah, he's, and KU standing. So he's a finalist every single year. This is Bill Self actually, uh, he's the Daniel Day-Lewis of this award. Mm. He's actually won it three times. He's the only three-time win, uh, winner of the Sick Rich Hot Badass Mofo of the Year. So it's kind of one of those deals where we're looking for fresh blood. We're looking for, like we could give it to him every single season if we wanted to, but he gets graded on the curb now. Bryson. Bryson says it's the Kansas HC job. What was the question even? Uh, you want me to read it? Here we go. Now, well, now that you've completely derailed the show with your texting. Bryson. Nick is trying to have a conversation with you. Nick and I are arguing. Bryson says about what? And I said, would Andy Kotelnicki take the Kansas HC job or go to A&M's Leipold in a hypothetical world? And he said, Kansas HC job. Oh, well, I guess it's final. I guess I guess that just Bryson completely ends the conversation. Insider. He's not biased at all. Uh, so, <laughs> okay, Sick Rich Hot Badass Mofo of the Year nominees. We got Jason Bean, Devin Neal, Bill Self. Uh, how about Lance Leipold's agent? Because he's about to get a raise. What's his name? Brian Harlan, brother of Kevin Harlan. Okay, we'll go ahead and we'll nominate Kevin Harlan as well. Oh. Just for being a, a, a legacy Jayhawk. Uh, Brian Borland, I think his name has to be mentioned in this. Johnny Furphy, I mm. think the way he's started his Kansas career. He's already hot. One day he'll be rich as well. And he appears to be when he's winning, sick. When he's winning MVP awards. Yeah, he does appear to be sick. And when he's winning multiple MVP awards in the NBA, at that point we'll look back and say, we knew it. We saw it coming. We were first. Um, I think this is... I think this is a runaway winner. I think there's Hold a very on. obvious candidate for this. Oh, I do too. That's it. Do you want to say it on the count of three? Yeah. Okay. One, One two, two, three. Devin Neal. Devin Neal. There we go. Okay. All right. Perfect. Perfect. We're on the same page. Devin Neal, Devin Neal just had a pretty absurd junior season. 1,200 yards, 15 touchdowns. Uh, 1400, uh, go ahead and put the glasses on. Yep. Getting really statistical for this, but I don't care. No, no, no. no shame. This glasses is the time for this. This is the time. 
1,400 yards from scrimmage and 16 touchdowns. We became so consumed with the quarterback conversation around this team that we were very guilty of not talking enough about the season that Devin Neal was having. And the reason, part of the reason why every quarterback who played for Kansas this year had success was because they were playing in front of a dominant run game led by Devin Neal. Daniel Hyshaw, right? The Robin to his Batman, which may not be fair to Hyshaw, but Devin Neal just had an all Big 12 type season. May have been his last year at Kansas. If I were giving him advice, I would say go get that money, but would love to see you back in Lawrence for another season. This guy was incredible, and he's just gotten progressively better every single season he's been at Kansas. Six and a half yards per carry. Like, come on, dude. Like, this was an insane season by him. Uh, I'm pretty pissed at the Batman of the Robin thing. That's worse than the foundation comment. But why? Uh, no, no, no. Nope. We're going to keep this on sick, rich, hot, badass mofo. Alpha move by me. Uh, that was a hit and run. No, I think you you nailed it, though. All the attention this season went to the quarterback situation. There was so much confusion that I think we missed out on a truly all-time great Kansas football season by an individual player. Like, that's one of the great years I think we've had in the last 30, 40 years. Like, it's just one of the best running back seasons. Do you remember a running back having a better year in our lifetimes? Maybe. Um, Gordon? I would have to I mean, B-Mac had a... B-Mac had like a 16 touchdown season. Let's see where where it ranks. Um, I'm curious. Uh, I would say I'll keep going while you do the research, which you said we shouldn't do, but it's fine. Dude, it it works this time. It didn't. It didn't work when you were doing it, but now that we're not arguing, I think it works. You're right. You're right. Okay, so Uh, he had 1,209 yards. That puts him fourth in Kansas single season history. Goddamn. Yeah. Who's ahead of him? Uh, that would be June Henley in 96, Tony Sands, legend in 91, and, uh, John Cornish. Oh. With 14, the record is 1457 back in 06. So then you look at his touchdowns, he had 12 touchdowns, that puts him tied for seventh. And that's all time. Because Highshaw's good too, and you've got some good Oh, sorry, no, he had 15. He had 15. He didn't have 12. He had 15 touchdowns, which puts him third all-time behind June Henley and BMAC. Yeah. This is an all-time great rushing season. While things were chaotic at quarterback, while guys had to get settled, they had ups and downs, he was a consistent rock for this team. He is the biggest reason Kansas makes it to 8-4. and four. He was so patient. He felt it, He really understood this offensive line, the scheme, Made the most of it, and I'm just excited for him with whatever he decides to do. Hey, NIL matters, y'all. <laughs> like, if you want to see players like this come back, uh, you got to show him the money. Either way, I hope dude gets paid next year. He's Will he's he just back? been awesome. Will he come back? I don't know. I, I don't have any scoop. Want well, me to text Bryson? Yeah, text him again. We've already opened right. that can of worms, so why don't you All go right. ahead and shoot him another text. Is Devin Neal coming back? And then in a few minutes, we can ask about Kobe Arnold. And why don't we get Jalen Daniels Arnold? in there while we're at it? Let's just run the full. Is Devin Neal coming back? 
important. I had a, my neighbor, one of my best friends growing up, his name was Colby Arnold. I was looking at Lawrence Arnold's statistics. Kobe Bryant's right there. I think it was just like uh, a mashup of all three of those. Uh, I just, we didn't even talk about, by the way, we didn't even talk about Kobe Bryant's just absolutely sick, rich, hot, badass pick versus Cincinnati. Maybe the, the highlight of the year for Kansas football. That was sick. Oh, Kobe's definitely in sick, rich, hot, badass mofo territory. Though I don't think I don't think he's there yet. I think he's got time to grow. Maybe maybe a little SPI and you're and you're you're there. But you might be the favorite for next football season. Um, if he comes back, if he comes back, I mean, there's a lot of guys who could potentially leave for the draft, and Devin Neal and Kobe Bryant are chief among that list. Yeah, uh, like these are legit NFL prospects. Yeah. Uh, Bryson says Neil hasn't made a decision. Depends on the feedback. You know they're going to keep wanting more touches, keep growing. So he says un- un- undecided. By the way, feedback. You know Devin Neal had a really poor pass block rating on PFF. Put the glasses on. That's a spin zone. I want to see him back. <laughs> yeah, I will put the glasses on, but I do, I do need to stop you really quick just to protect you from yourself. Did you? Inform Bryson that you were immediately going to be taking the information that he gave uh-huh. you in a private text message and airing it out publicly on the podcast. I said, <clears throat> Bryson, important, 911, is Devin Neal coming back? We're live. <laughs> I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's clear enough, but you know what? That's you. That's on you. And, you know, if no, you want to burn those bridges, that's perfectly fine. Bryson knows. Bryson understands that we show it. Uh, what, what, what else, what else do we have? Um, I, what a great question to ask in the middle of the sorry. podcast. What else do well, we you have? Put you put know? me on, um, on defense. You put me on defense. Bryson yeah, said, I, did. uh, I didn't, I like doing that. Okay. All right. Anyways. Okay. We good? We yeah, good? We're good. Can we continue? Yes. Uh, next award. Devin Neal wins the sick, rich, hot, badass mofo of the year award. Uh, the next award, which is the award you don't want to win, the suck bag loser of the year. Who are the nominees for this one? Chiropractors. In any back doctor. In general. Yeah. In general. Okay. Okay. I see you where know you're how, going. You know like Time Magazine so you- did, like, you are the person of the year or whatever? That's, that's what I'm doing with suck bag loser. It's a plural. Back doctors, you failed us. I don't know. I've been to the chiropractor a few times and it's always, it's always helped me. Oh, okay. Uh, that's just a nominee. I didn't say it's the winner. Uh, what about Lance's agent again on the flip side? Because dude, do you have to get Lance in every article like mid mid season? Like, come on. That's true. Like, thank you for, thank you for bringing him to Kansas, but also knock it off. Like you've done your job. Chill. Just retire. Honestly, retire, if anything. Brian Harlan? Who needs to retire first? Brian Harlan, retire. You've had, a good, you've had a good run. And you don't need to represent Lance anymore because he'll get paid and everyone will be happy and live right. all, ever after. Uh, yeah, those are, those are probably my two. Back, um, back Dodgers. Okay, back Dodgers. I've got a couple. Yeah, yeah. I've got you a go, couple. You go. Derek Young. Mm. Derek Young. I mean, you're not off the hook yet. You started a malicious, terrible, disgusting rumor about the prince that was promised Jalen Daniels. How dare you, sir? Who do you think you are starting a rumor 
about our young king, Jalen yes. Daniels. So you're you're still on Fraud Watch, and you are officially nominated for Suckbag Loser for those, of the Year. For those that don't know, Derek was is a K-State reporter who put on their message boards that Jalen Daniels may not be coming back and is sitting out for reasons that aren't related to the injury. And then Jalen put out a video directly responding to that post. Yeah, he put out a social media video basically saying, uh, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what you're talking about. I'm at Kansas. I'm staying at Kansas. But again, I think we're all going to be waiting on pins and needles for like an official announcement for what is to become of Jalen Daniels future. But then again, it's like we did the same thing last year no, and he came back. back and hardly played. Yeah, but he hardly played this year. So maybe this guy is just never going to be healthy. That's, I guess, a different conversation. Nope. Uh, another doctors. nominee I want to make this guy kind of. Yep. This guy kind of made a late push like he wasn't even a finalist and then all of a sudden had his Heisman moment like in the conference championship. Oh, that would be oh. Shaka Smart. Shaka Smart with when we're going to get into Kansas basketball later, but with the display that he put on versus uh, KU at the Maui Invitational, like Shaka Smart just absolutely skyrocketed. That was like a that was like a seven touchdown performance versus Georgia in the SEC championship game type performance from Shaka. Yeah, it's November 27th. How is an opposing basketball coach going to be on the suck bag loser of the year category. It's tough to pull off. It, it's it tough. is tough to pull off. And he did it. I was red hot. Like that was as mad as I can remember getting in a KU hoops game at a coach like, uh, red hot. So yeah, yeah, he's definitely, yeah. he's in the conversation. Uh, is Sean Snyder in the conversation? No, man. It's weird. He's the first, he's the first guy to ever be nominated for both of these wards. He was he was actually an honorable nomination for Sick Rich Hot Badass Mofo of the Year and also a nominee no. for Suckback Loser of the Year. It's, uh, it's tough to pull agent. off, but he did it. Lance's agent had both too. <laughs> that's true. That's true. So we got a twofer. We got a twofer in this award. No, um, no, no. Do you Not have Sean Snyder? Not Sean Snyder. Uh, who's who's your official Who's your official vote going to? It's Ryan Young, Derek Young. It's Derek, Derek Young. Young. Can't even remember his name. Derek Young. That is also my vote. So it is a unanimous decision. Doing, Derek Young, you are the suck bag loser of the year. Keep my quarterback's name out Joe mouth. That's right. And speaking of Derek Young, uh, we've got more message board chatter from a K-State writer about a player that could potentially be entering the transfer portal. Who is it this time? It's our friend, Tim Fitzgerald. We like Tim Fitzgerald, right? Yeah. I really like Tim Fitzgerald. Okay. You know, I know he agitated so, some people. I just want about stadium funding. I don't think he's wrong or raise the questions. Maybe the way he phrased it could have been a little different. Tim Fitzgerald, you're a sick, rich, hot, badass mofo. I'm just going to say it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We don't have any problem with Fitz no, on no, this program. None. But here's what he had to say on the Go Powercat message board. He said, quote, we've been hearing growing talk of Will Howard's intentions to use his pandemic season to play one more season, but not at Kansas State. I think his anger last night at game's end, throwing his helmet and obviously being hyper emotional was him realizing he lost his final game at K-State. We've been digging from the end of the game and into today, and it sounds like Will will indeed hit the portal when it opens in a week, but he may announce soon he is departing. 
There is one school that seems to be circling Will as another, as another one-year transfer quarterback to help with their transition to their own young quarterback. The destination we're hearing is Notre Dame. For now, that is all we know, but I'll be shocked if Will plays in the bowl game and double shocked if he does anything else than transfer. Uh, Will Howard, not built for this. Will Howard, not built for this. Honestly, I'm going back. Will Howard, and this is mostly a statement nomination. I'm going back retroactively nominating Will Howard for Suckback Loser of the Year only because of what we discussed last week about not talking crap on college athletes. Nope, Will Howard's getting paid, and he might be getting double paid by going to Notre Dame. So I am just exercising my First Amendment right to nominate Will Howard for Suckback Loser of the Year. I don't know. It's kind of sick, rich, hot behavior. He didn't transfer him to Notre Dame. Yeah. Yeah, leaving K State. No, he's not built for this. He's it's genius. He's not built for this. He's not built. To, he's not built to be a power five quarterback. He's, Will Howard is an independent level quarterback. That's how good he is. He's not even a power five quarterback. He's independent. Will Howard, Sunflower Showdown. You can't handle it. You know. You know what's coming, and you're out. I definitely doesn't have anything to do with the blonde haired kid behind you. That seems to be pretty good. Definitely doesn't have anything to do with that. Maybe he transfers too. <laughs> And Chris Kleiman goes to be Lance's offensive coordinator at A&M. That'd be great. You know what? We'd love to have. We'd love to have Chris. No, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, it would be really funny if he's good at Notre Dame. That's that's just kind of it. Like this is a popcorn situation. No matter what, I'm amused. Win win for us. By the way, Fitz also honorable. Show it all, gang member. He showed it all. He didn't know he was showing it all, but no, he showed it all. Shows it. And I liked and it. We're, and we're glad to have completely ripped off what I believe is paid access to the Go Power Cap board and sharing that all with you. So you guys are getting free K State scoops. Don't sue us. Hashtag don't sue us for sharing what I believe is a paid scoop on the show. Uh, Fitz, congratulations. You are officially part of the Show It All gang. Yeah, no, that's that's a good take. Uh, if you're a Kansas State fan, subscribe to GoPowerCat.com. <laughs> yeah, please uh, do. Please do. And uh, if you're a KU fan, you know, we'll bring you the best stuff we possibly can. If it, if it uh, we're on a need-to-know basis with GoPowerCat.com. Uh, we've got another submission from the Show It All Gang, which I think will uh, very seamlessly transition us into our next topic. This is from... Uh, well, you'll you'll realize very quickly once I start reading who this is from. This is a repeat show it all member. And we're back. Maybe tastefully show it all. Architect of the MSB, otherwise known as Ames Dad. Hawks by 300. College game season. Lee Corso residency in the Eldridge. Billion seat booth. K-State pays for it. Not asking anymore. Man genius. Lie pulled this L. Still the cheesiest. Stuff my face with Pop-Tarts. Australia over wherever Cincinnati is. Okay, thanks, guys. And again, feel free to say my name, but I will only be referenced as at Kobe Gellis or Kobe Hungfurther, bet genius, man genius, Gellis. Architect of the MSB. Took me a second there. Million seat booth. (laughs) Yes. K-State pays for it, not asking anymore. Yeah, that's right. And that, you know what? And that's also a nice little nod to Fitzgerald, Tim Fitzgerald, who was uh, upset earlier this season because he was saying that Kansas taxpayers are paying for it. And listen, Mike, I don't know who's paying for it, but let me just say this. If, if Kansas taxpayers are paying for it, good. You should. 
We are an institution. We are the beacon of light for this state. And if you have to dig into your pocket a little bit to pay for the Kansas football stadium, you should be honored. You should be honored that they asked you to be a part of making state history. So you're welcome, quite frankly. You're welcome. Thank you for the maybe penny. Maybe a penny. That's that's my understanding. Like, eh, part of a penny. Look at Mike. Mike, he's a California elitist. I am. This doesn't even affect him. So he doesn't care. And he's just, he might be spreading misinformation. We don't know because he Neither doesn't do care about the Kansas taxpayer. <laughs> um, okay, so that does bring what, up a good question. What bowl game are you going to? What bowl game is Kansas going to? I've heard some rumblings that they could be headed to the south. They could be headed to the southwest. I'm really hedging my bet there. But it seems like Texas and Arizona, because there are so many damn bowl games yeah. in Texas, that's just that's just kind of up there. There was some chatter earlier about the Pop-Tart Bowl in Orlando. I think that was if the dream season happened. It's so funny to think about the dream season ending with the Pop-Tart Bowl in uh, <laughs> landlocked Why Florida. Why is that funny? But <laughs> it's the Pop-Tart Bowl. Like, come on. Um, I dream of it. Where what are we like in here? The Big Twelve Bulls. You've got Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bull in Fort Worth. You've got the Serve Pro First Responder Bull in Dallas. You've got the Guaranteed Rate Bull in Phoenix. You've got the Tax Act Texas Bull in Houston. All of these games are happening right around Christmas, either like December twenty third or the twenty sixth or twenty seventh. What do we like here? Where do, where do we want to go? Where do we want to go? Mm. First of all, to me, all these sponsors, they're the could be wrong bowl. All right. That's that's how I'm gonna look at it. Uh I like it. I think I think Texas Bowl would be really fun. And Houston, first of all, that's my hometown. But also you're playing an SEC team, which which was electric last year. So I'm looking at matchup and I'm looking at city. So Texas Bowl I think would be fun. And then I, I guess that the Dallas Bulls could be all right. Basically, I just want to avoid playing like Northwestern and Rutgers. That doesn't seem so fun. So that might be that might be. So the you Phoenix want a ch- you want, want to challenge? Yeah, I want a fun matchup. I don't want to. Even though like hanging dong on Northwestern would be pretty cool. Uh, I don't know. Give me a good matchup that I'm going to get hyped for. And I think well, I'm looking at the teams right around Kansas's. I don't know. Like Kentucky's a seven-win team. Tennessee went eight and four. I feel like they're a bit higher. Uh, LSU went nine and three. A and M went seven and five. Ugh. Those are scary. A and M. Do we like A and M? Oh, the Lance, the the, the Andy Kotelnicki OC Bowl. <laughs> the Kotelnicki Bowl. Yes, exactly. Do we? Lo- Winner gets Kotelnicki. Yeah, A and M would be fun. Yes. Well, if you're playing them in Houston, too, it's basically a road game. But it's not what matters. What matters is having fun. I'm looking at Brett McMurphy's Action Network picks. He's got Kansas playing Maryland in Phoenix. I'm down for that. But but it's not my top choice. Another scoop from my dad. This is the second scoop of the year. The first one was that he saw somebody at the airport told him that Jalen Daniels was sitting out and transferring to Michigan State with Lance. So we don't even know if that's wrong yet. We don't know if that's incorrect yet. Has Michigan State hired a coach? Yeah, they have. 
The Oregon okay, State. So that one is correct. Well, Jalen Daniels could still transfer there, but it's not looking great. My dad did tell me recently he saw on Facebook that KU is going to Phoenix. So we'll circle back to that whenever they hey, make the final bowl pick. McMurphy predicts Auburn to the Texas Bowl. Playing Auburn <laughs> would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> That was such a violent sneeze. I let it out, man. I showed it all. I got my allergies. They're going nuts. God. Auburn. You okay, bud? Auburn. You okay, bud? Fun. Yeah. Um, just hit you with a bud. You didn't notice. Alpha move I by thought it me. Was Auburn would be fun. Bu- I thought it came from love. In not terms of just like destination, in terms of destination, Ooh. independent of. Okay. Independent of uh, who you're going to be playing, I would say. For ease of travel, Dallas, yeah. you know, from the Kansas City area, Dallas would be obvious the number one pick there. For enjoyment, for fun, I would actually go Phoenix. Phoenix would be a fun place for Kansas to take over for a couple days. Dallas also has a huge KU alumni base. Dallas, Denver, yeah. Chicago, I think, are the three biggest cities outside of the Kansas area. So Dallas would be great for fans that are already living there. It would be great for travel as well. So if given the option, I would assume, well, it would depend on money, but I would also think that Dallas would have a, a slight edge over Phoenix. But Phoenix would be fun. I would love to go to Phoenix. Both of those games, by the way, the Serb Pro First Responder Bowl in Dallas is on December 26th. The Guaranteed Rate Bowl in Phoenix is also on December 26th. And then uh, the Tax Act Texas Bowl in Houston would be December 27th. People want to know, Mike, are we going to the bowl game? I'll probably be at the game if it's in Texas. Because I'll be in... Will you already be in Texas? Yeah, I'll be in Texas. So, yeah, you want to come? I would love to go. Um, I'm going to be in... I'm going to Kansas for Christmas as well. So... Going to Phoenix, oddly enough, wouldn't make a ton of sense. Like, it would make a ton of sense if I were still in Denver. But Dallas, from Kansas City, that's a... You get a little puddle jumper, hop down to Dallas. So, the fam went to Memphis last year. They said it sucked. Memphis, low-key, horrible place to go to a bowl game in December. Dallas, on the other hand, I think would be kind of sick. So, if it's in Dallas, like, that's the best opportunity for me to go to a bowl game. Commit to something. Beta move I not won't. to commit. I won't. Okay. Commit. All right. Point from Mike. I will be there. If I'm it's committing. In Texas. I'm. Co- I will be there. I'm committing to not committing. I'm committing to non-committal. Oh, that's pretty good. Uh, when will we know? Do you know when we'll find out? No. No one knows. No one knows. I'm just kidding. It'll be after the. Why don't, you, why don't you? Why don't we? Why don't we go for the triple play here? Why don't you text Bryson one more time? See if he can tell us okay. when KU's playing right, the bowl. Right, right, right. We've been utilizing him a lot. We could have just had him on the show. We could have just had him on the show. He said he may not be alive to see the team next year. (laughs) Oh, he's like, actually, he's really sick. I thought you meant sick. sick. I thought you meant like sick, rich, hot, badass. Uh, Also, also that. Yeah. Also that. Uh, While you're texting, I'm going to go ahead and get us into uh, our basketball stuff because we're going to close here with KU basketball recapping the Maui Invitational. KU did not win the Maui Invitational, sadly enough, as they low-key got kind of wrecked by Marquette. I don't know if the final score would indicate, you know, a downright wrecking. They lost by, well, they lost by 14. I think that's that's wrecking territory considering they 
were really not in that game at any point over the final 20-plus minutes. So low-key wrecking, that's okay. Came back, a little bouncy back win versus Tennessee. That's another top 10 wins. Yeah, It was an impressive win against who is still, by the way, after losing two straight games in Maui to really good competition in Purdue and Kansas. Tennessee, number one defense in the country. So we can talk all we want about the offense, and I know we will. They just beat the number one defense in the country, according to Ken Palm. Glasses on. Tell you right now, I'm going to take the glasses off, but the glasses will be coming back on for this Kansas basketball segment. Uh, We're going to get into the Shaka Smart stuff, but before, let's just do the big picture here. What was your biggest takeaway from KU's time in Maui? They need a second ball handler. Secondary scoring option alongside Dewan Harris. Jamari McDowell filled that role against Tennessee. I think you really need a secondary offensive threat on the perimeter or secondary, like Dewan is is a major threat. He needs to be aggressive in and I think you need someone else that's gonna make a defense. Are you talking about shooting? I'm not even What is the biggest concern here? Is it shooting? Is it just like I think they need another initiator? They need another dude. Yeah. An offensive initiator, someone they can trust. Uh, the young guys are going to get there. They're going to get better. It's going to take a little time. But that, to me, is the most important thing for this team. Truly. That's, I guess, so yeah, another offensive initiator. I don't think it needs to be a shooter. It needs to be someone respected and trustworthy out there on the perimeter. And then the other the other thing is, like, they're slow. They're, they're, they're going to be a slow team. They got to play under control. Okay, so... This is going to make me the sick, rich, hot, badass mofo of the week, and this is going to make me the oh. alpha of the episode, and I'm going to win the episode with what I'm about to say. Um, <clears throat> I basically, trying to find a tactful way to put this, I basically disagree with everything, like every single thing that you just said. Not only you, though, I'm disagreeing with everyone who is talking about the Jayhawks right now. Well, you're just Fans, wrong. That's not alpha. Media. National media. No, I'm not. I'm not. I couldn't be wrong. I couldn't be more correct about this. We're changing. And this is the most alpha move. We are now actually, I have an announcement to make. We're changing the name of the show. Couldn't be wrong. It's now couldn't be wrong. I couldn't be more right about this, quite frankly. Continue. The, the, the chatter of the concern around Kansas basketball has been insanely overblown this is one of the best teams in the country and i'm getting a little tired hearing about all of their deficiencies i'm getting a little tired hearing about all the things that they don't have that they're going to need to compete in march this team lost to marquette Weird matchup. Marquette plays a very unique style of ball. Marquette is also one of the most experienced teams in the country. They brought back everyone from a season ago. This is way, way, way closer to a finished product than what Kansas is. And we're going to see this team get increasingly better over the course of the year. But let's just stop for a moment. Instead of talking about all the things they don't have, let's talk about what they do have. They have two all Americans on their team. They have two of the top 10 players in college basketball. I feel supremely confident in saying that. Two top 10 players in Hunter Dickinson and Kevin McCuller. Glasses on if you want for this. Hunter Dickinson is averaging 
21 and 13. 21 and 13 through the first six games of this season. Pretty good. This guy, who was the number one player on the open market this season, this offseason, he has come in and he is infinitely better than he ever was in any of his years at Michigan. And then behind him, as a sidekick, you've got Kevin McCuller, who had back-to-back triple-doubles, who's averaging 18, 8, and 6. Like, what are we talking about here? You've got two of the... And, and by the way, we can, we can get into the whole conversation of, oh, well, you need a complete team. You need five guys. You need six guys. You know what wins in March? Having two stars. What it, having multiple stars on the court, Dewan. and that's exactly what can't can, into one. And and oh, by the way, you have a national championship winning point guard who is also perhaps the best perimeter defender in college basketball. By the way, and this is what's going to really piss me off. All I hear about is how KU needs more shooting. Uh, I watched after they lost after they beat Kentucky in the championship classic, and I should the Champions Classic. I shouldn't have done this. But I'm on Twitter and I see the field of 68 and it's Rob Doster and Jeff Goodman and Doug Gottlieb. Like, just talk about an absolutely immaculate trio of guys I don't ever want to hear talk about basketball. <laughs> Those guys sat there after Kansas beat Kentucky, talked about how the lack of shooting is going to cost Kansas, how they need a second shooter, how the departure of Arterio Morris really put this team in a bind. Glasses on for this one, Mike. Let me check the numbers here. Classes are on. Kansas doesn't have enough shooting. Uh, They are currently shooting 40.6% from three-point range. That ranks 13th in college basketball. Tell me more about how they don't have enough shooting. And I know what the the rebuttal to that will be. Well, it's they're not a high-volume shooting team, right? They don't get a ton of points. They They don't take a ton of shots. Okay, well, if you're not going to take a ton of shots from three... The next best thing is to be insanely efficient, which is exactly what they are. What are we doing here? Kansas got propped up so much in the offseason. You're the number one team in college basketball coming into the year by virtually every outlet that now we are grading them on a curve and saying, oh, they don't look like they're number one. They look like they're number five. My Lord, the difference between KU as currently constructed and having all this extra shooting that people are yearning for is the difference between them being the fifth best team in the country and the number one team in the country. And last I checked, we've got five months left of the regular season. This team has so much going for them. They're an elite defense. They have two stars and one of the best point guards in the country. And let me check here, the number one coach in college basketball. And yet all we're doing is talking about the things that they need, the things that they don't have. This is ridiculous. This is a very, very good basketball team that is only going to get better across the course of the season. And all of this talk about all the things that KU needs is ridiculous to me. This is a very good basketball team. And I think we need to stop and recognize that before we talk about all the improvements they need to make that was good are you done i'm done okay quick question did you bait me into trying to say they need more shooting because i didn't really know okay i thought you had this whole thing planned and in that you're trying to bait me and i was just kind of thinking about that i don't have no i don't i don't go with any notes i'm just kidding uh you're not okay there can be multiple truths I'm going to drop that bomb. Glasses on. Multiple things can be true. You're right. 
So are some of the things that I said. Both are no, 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 true. No, no, no. I'm all I'm all right. You're all wrong. So <laughs> Alpha. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. No, you're not. Like you're right. But you're not. Multiple <laughs> things can be true. So look, I still think they need to develop a secondary perimeter threat or a consistent perimeter player who's not going to turn it over. El Marco can't trust him yet. I'm not saying that that won't happen, but I'm saying like that's a takeaway. That's something that we want to see happen really over December, over this next month, right? The Maui games are a measuring stick. So you you really learn about the team. I think we've got some learnings like they're they're good. The Tennessee one was really impressive, but they still have to if we're talking like national title Figure that out. The two spot. And I still think their transition offense and defense needs to get worked on. And I could pull up the numbers like their transition offense and defense are probably the two worst parts of their game right now. That would be on synergy. Like I, I know that's a thing. I don't have to go look at it. So those are things to figure out, which is taking some control. Yep. Glasses on. You said the word synergy. I did. I did. Uh, it would be like learning how to play in a control, learning your like real personality, right? How How is KU going to win games? What's it going to look like? And what's it going to look like when they're not winning? And how can they correct that? So I think that's a big thing that we kind of learned here. Dewan's got to take control. If they go half court, no, I don't think anyone can play with KU. It is really about when you know they what's get interesting. You know what's interesting about that is this isn't really like disagreeing with you, but it is funny to look at like their tempo. KU is one of the fastest yeah. teams in the country right now. Like they're playing at a fast. Now you could argue the reason why I'm not disagreeing with you is because I would tend to agree that they would be better suited to not play so fast. Yeah. But one of the other things that really jumps out at me and my glasses are on for this entire rebuttal is they're number one in the country in assists per field goal made. And that goes to what we talked about two weeks ago, which is that this team moves the ball very, very well. I think that speaks to a, the level of experience they have. They have a ton of upperclassmen that are playing in this I rotation right why now. They weren't ready to beat Marquette. And they've got, no, we're talking about, I know, I know, I know continuity. We're talking about bringing back the same guys who have actually played together. Experience and continuity are two different things. This team has experience. They just don't have experience playing together. But I think that speaks to also the basketball IQ of this team. Like the ball doesn't stick. You've got a lot of really smart players out there. And that's what gives me a ton of confidence that they're going to figure this out. It's not, it's not like I look at it and say they don't have the dudes. It's just that they don't have the roles established right now. They've got some of it. That's why they're a top five team in the country. Getting from number five to number one is filling out the other 15% yeah. that they haven't got figured out yet I th- yeah but are the pieces there to figure it out you you're gonna bet on bill self there's gonna be growing pains el marco and jamari mcdowell figuring it out it's it's also exciting to watch those guys and johnny Furphy get not just del marco what if i just told you what if i just told you mike that oh. you need between johnny Furphy, jamari mcdowell nick timberlake and el marco jackson you need two of those four to make big strides between now and march 
you would take that bet, wouldn't you? You would say that will happen versus no, they're just like all those pieces yeah. are not going to fit. Wouldn't you bet on Bill Self to yes. develop yeah. two of those guys for them to that's get comfortable what, to that point? And that's what we're going to watch for over December. By the way, I did pull up the this energy numbers. Do you want, I'll, I'll just grade it out. This is like their efficiency. Transition offense, they're like <sighs> around the 50. Transition offense and defense. They're basically like 50 percentile. In the country. Glasses are on. Yeah. Uh, Half-court offense and defense, they're in the top 90 percentile. So they're one of the best half-court teams in the country, offensively and defensively. And they're average in transition on both sides. So, yeah, they're playing too fast. That's that's what we're getting at. Yeah, they turn it over a lot. problem is, yeah, also Hunter's Hunter Dickinson's outlet passes are really good, which... Anyways, hey, can we say something about Hunter Dickinson? Um, he should be the national player of the year front runner. And I would take it a step further because I know what people will say, which is what about Zach Eady? I actually have a response for that prepared. This one I did have prepared. Zach Eady's 7-4. He should not be eligible for any uh, regular season awards. He won it last year. That's fine. We gave you a little nod, but you're not a human being. So you shouldn't be eligible for these awards. So by default, Hunter Dickinson should be the national here's, player of the year. Favorite. Here's where Zach Eady is a front runner. Suck bag loser of the college basketball year. Mm-hmm. He, and why is that? He, because watching him play is, is painful. That's it. Yeah. And watching Purdue play. So maybe it's Matt Painter. Uh, <clears throat> that's, I agree about Hunter. I think so. He is absolutely going to put up absurd numbers. I'm excited to watch it happen. Excited to watch them develop over this month. I am not hitting the panic button, but I was pissed off watching Shaka get his word in against Bill. Let's, you know what? Let's get to Shaka Smart, that little bitch-ass Shaka Smart. Here's what I would say about Shaka. I would say that, you know, like, I kind of want to... Like, I'm not saying Shaka is built like a man baby, but I am saying that I would love to I would love to put a diaper on him and swaddle him and just rock him to sleep at night. Like I would love to get a car seat and put and strap him in and then drive around town hey, bud. playing his favorite Disney songs. I would love to like I would love to like just put him on a leash and give him little doggy treats when he's being a good boy because he is a cute little man baby of a coach. He is the biggest bitch-ass college basketball coach in the country, and he is now public enemy number one. We needed someone to fill that void. It has been vacant ever since Bruce Weber left Kansas State, and boy, do we have a great man to replace him in Shaka Smart. Bill Self ran him out of Texas, and now he's pissed off about it. We need to give an oral recap of what took place for anybody who may have been living under a rock and missed what happened in Maui. Um, do you feel like you have a good, yeah, a good uh, picture of exactly what took place? I believe during that game, Shaka and McCuller went back and forth for a couple possessions. Uh, Shaka then this was a timeout, kind of stepped out, yelled at McCuller, told Self he needs to get his players in check. I believe so. Basically, Shaka went after McCuller. Self got involved. Shaka told Self to shut the fuck up. That's my understanding. And then, and then, to which Bill, to which Bill responded, 
Did okay, so I saw somebody tweet this out, but I never really saw it like confirmed or tweeted by anybody else. Did Bill Self really say you did you you need to remember who you're talking Something to? Something like that. Uh I haven't seen it confirmed either, but I I don't think it was made up. It was from a reporter right sitting right there that heard a lot of the exchange. I did see somebody put out there on Twitter, they were like, Okay, I'll give a dollar to any person who can show me the video of Shaka Smart actually saying that. Of, of and Bill then Self saying that? Subsequently. No, of Shaka saying shut the fuck oh. up. Like, he didn't believe that Shaka actually said that. And then it resulted in 500 people tweeting at him the exact video of Shaka very clearly telling someone to shut the fuck up. Um, what a little child, dude. Here's an absolute little baby man who has no postseason success in the last decade to speak of. Here's... Yeah, here's my issue. You got like 30 dudes holding you back, and that's when you're going to puff your chest out and talk. That's it. Like, these things can be handled behind the scenes. Uh, guys are going to get heated during a game, but this they don't like each other, clearly. Shock is smart, the kind of guy that's going to cry after winning the Big 12 championship and then lose to Abilene Christian. That's, that's how I'll remember Shock is smart. So, yeah, you can talk in front of 30 guys. We'll see it see in March. I would love another shot at Marquette. Kansas will not lose to Marquette. I would Marquette love another shot at Marquette. If they play. And I want, I want Bill Self to physically wreck Shaka Smart. Yeah. Like, that's a no contest. Self, that's an absolute no contest. Yeah, Self, I think, had been a little under the weather, too. So, like, it's just classic fake tough guy mentality. Okay, I'm new to I'm new to the KU hearings Discord, but I know you've got like guys who do photoshops in there. Can we put some people on the task of just photoshopping Shaka Smart into like baby situations? Like put him in a car seat, put him being rocked to sleep, put him like on a little like a little chihuahua like on a oh, leash good. and then just put his face on the chihuahua. Just anything that would illustrate how tiny of a person Shaka Smart is, yeah. how he is four foot two. Uh, you know what would be great? Uh, like a Christmas party where there's a little elf, but you've, you Photoshop. Shaka. Like, I want to have a Christmas party, and I want to hire Shaka Smart to dress up as an elf and, like, hand out cookies to all my guests. I just want to look at him losing the Big 12. That's, that's perfect. By the way, I want to watch him lose or win the Big 12, cry, and then lose to Abilene Christian. Uh Again, we've already seen that, though. I know. We've I already just, seen that. We have data. It's just perfect to me. Uh, so, yeah, congrats on your November Maui Invitational runner-up to Shaka Smart. What are you doing, man? What are you doing? It's just... Loser. No, you're... Suck back loser. And you're going after a player, like... I, yeah, total... That's the biggest loser move what ever. What are you doing? Is like a coach... If you want to go after Bill, that's fine. You guys are contemporaries, but to be talking shit to a player is just such a beta move. It's really unusual. All right. It, it's wait, Kevin McCuller Alpha. Yeah. Kevin McCuller yeah. Alpha Shaka Smart. That's the real storyline. That's he the headline. Great. Team did not. He's playing great. What? Let's do this. I don't want to, I don't want to repeat the same mistake that we made with Devin Neal in football. Because Kevin McC oh. because Kevin McCuller playing as well as he is is getting overshadowed by Hunter Dickinson being the best player in the country. We're seeing it again. We're seeing it again. 
We saw it last year with Jalen Wilson. We saw it the year before with Ochai. And I know it's become kind of like a fun little talking point, but I do think it's worth dissecting. How the hell does this keep happening? How the hell does it like a good player become an all American going from junior to senior year three seasons in a row? Because that's what I would argue. What about that? What McCuller is doing might be more impressive than what we saw either of the last two years from Jalen Wilson or Ochai. He got back-to-back triple. He's averaging 18, 8, and 6. This is in any other year. We would say he is a shoo-in for Big 12 Player of the Year. But because he's got Hunter Dickinson in the lineup as well, it's like, okay, he's a nice little sidekick. What he's doing is not... These are not sidekick numbers. These are not sidekick performances. These are alpha, number one, Big 12 player of the year, first team All-American type numbers. Yeah, I've got a friend who's in an NBA front office scouting, was in Maui a little bit. He Not bragging. Yeah, he texted me. He's like, I love McCuller. I love McCuller. I want this guy on my team. Like, that was his take. Kansas was getting punked by Marquette, and that's his takeaway. So... Uh, yes, thank you. We're not going to learn from our mistakes. We are going to learn from our mistakes. We're going to get better. Kevin McCullough, you deserve your flowers. I don't know that it's more impressive than Ochai yet. But also, you can go further. Like Frank Mason, junior to senior leap. Devontae Graham made the same kind of leap. I mean, recent history, I guess those guys weren't in like draft consideration, quite like Jalen and Ochai. Different position. But but we're seeing well, it that's, happen. That's why I'm... We're seeing it happen. C- yeah, that's why I'm kind of comparing the last three because they all have kind of been wings the, the between Ochai yeah. and Jalen and McCuller. It's like you're the wing, you're the leader, you're going to be sort of the initiator on the perimeter, and he's not the shooter that either one of those guys were. Even though Jalen wasn't a knockdown shooter necessarily, the way he's doing it though, got a to lot go better. from what was he a nine po- nine point per game score for his career, and now all of a sudden putting up eighteen a game like. Whatever Bill is doing, I would love to hear Bill like an honest explanation of how this keeps happening because the dishonest ex, you know, explanation is he's just working really hard, but it, there's got to be more to it than that. Like, how does this happen three consecutive well, seasons where a guy takes this massive leap from his junior to senior year, like becoming completely different players? I think part of it is is the trust level with the coach, the comfort within the system. When self kind of takes the reins off on guys, it really helps him hit another level. And I think he's done that with McCuller. We've seen him do it in the past with other guys. I think it took McCuller like three-fourths of the year to really get comfortable in the offense last year, too. So that's part of it. But you're saying like over time, part of it is, is I think, trusting each other. And you get to play without thinking a little bit more. And when you're told it's your team and you're playing for Kansas – like your confidence level and your self-confidence, I think, takes a step that is really, really hard to pin down or see on paper. Like, I think that's that's what's happening. No glasses can see this. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Blue glasses. Um, no glasses. These are blue light glasses, yeah. by the way. These yeah, these are the Dion's. Um, okay, let's uh, yep. let's close it with yep. uh, what's coming over the next week because as fun as Mark, as fun as Maui was. You now have another top five opponent you're playing this week. Maybe the best team in the country, defending national champs, UConn. That's on Friday. But Tuesday, you've got Eastern Illinois. That could be shit pump territory. 
Uh, Eastern Illinois might be the worst team that you've played all year. Like, worse than North Carolina Central and Manhattan. Really? This is a really, really bad team. Yeah, the Panthers of Eastern Illinois, they are currently 3-4 and four on the season. Their wins so far this year are against Monmouth, Coppin State, and Eureka. Eureka. What state are they in? I have no idea. Because you can't click on them on Basketball Revenge. You know who else you can't click on? Monmouth. This is a really, really bad team. So, a nice little opportunity for the, those two guards that everybody wants to see emerge. Like, Furphy's going to get some run. Timberlake's going to get some run. Jamari McDowell might put up a 30-burger. Like, who knows? <laughs> it's all on the table. Another triple-double. Another triple-double for Kevin McCulter. Will he get enough minutes to pull it off? That remains to be seen. So, you get a nice little shit pumping under your belt on Tuesday. And then... In the field house, UConn on awesome. Friday, that is going to be electric. And it will be another, like you mentioned, another measuring stick game to find out where Kansas is at. But UConn is going to be a hell of a test because that is a damn good team. Oh, man. I First of all, I think Eastern Illinois, like perfect timing. I think KU needs a game like this. Grow confidence, grow comfort. Like you, you need the stopgap in between all these big games. And then UConn, like, I think they're the best team in the country. That's what I've seen so far. I've gotten to watch them a bit. They're awesome. And I think... Haven't really played anybody, though. They have not played a good they schedule They played nobody, Paul. That's my SEC Big Ten. Yeah. That's you know, good. That's, that's really good. Uh, no, I, I think it's awesome. Like, the field house is going to be so juiced. I cannot wait to watch, like, Hunter Dickinson play in his first real Allen Fieldhouse game. That's a weird, I don't know if that's a weird mm. thought, but like, dude is, he was losing his mind against, in the, like, Manhattan game. So, it's going to be real fun. Unless KU gets Weird off. Friday, weird Friday night, too. This would normally be like a Saturday afternoon game, but I kind of like that it's a Friday night. Like, night games, to me, just carry a different level of energy than the day games. I, I love the day games. I love the atmosphere. I love the sun coming through the windows and shining on the court. Like, that's all cool. But the energy for a night game and a Friday night game at that, I feel like is going to be off the charts. Yeah, it's going to be... Oh, I'm so excited. I'm I'm really curious to see, like, if they have taken some steps forward at this point. It's still still really early. But it'll be fun. I'm curious to see how the UConn guys handle it. Danny Hurley in the field house. I just it's got it's got all the makings of a of a great non-con game. Over the last few years, KU has generally won won this kind of game, basically the entirety of Bill Self's tenure. So curious to see if it if it happens. Do you care? Like how much do you care if KU wins that game on Friday? If they win. Like, Versus, I care. I care because yeah. it's you know what I care most field about. House. It's, it's a field, field house. house. Yeah, it's field house. You don't yep. lose those games at yep. the field house. So that's my biggest thing. Um, in terms of like what I'll be thinking afterwards, what I'll be saying if they lose, will Kansas be on fraud watch if they lose this game? I think a lot of people will put them on fraud watch. I think fans will put them on fraud watch. I think national media will put them on fraud watch. They'll say, see. It'll be that one of those. See, we told you. We told you they, they need another score. They're shooting. It will be validation for whatever your concerns are about Kansas. If they lose that game, you'll find a way to justify those concerns using the result of that game. 
So I just want to avoid that narrative and that conversation afterwards. That's my biggest reason for winning. Because like we said many, many times before, who cares though? You will make, you will make your resume, your March resume in conference play. We don't often reference non-con games. Maybe on Selection Sunday, it'll be on kind of the line where it says biggest wins. And if you beat Connecticut, that will certainly be up there. But even if it's on your resume, we're not going to be referencing it in our conversations about this team on Selection Sunday. We're not going to be saying, well, see, since they beat Connecticut three months ago, this team can go on a run in March. So it's important to keep things in perspective. It matters now. Perspective matters. Way, way, way more. It matters so much more now then it will ever matter when the games actually mean something later in There's, the season. I've been thinking about one thing Bill Self said, and I think this is maybe my last point here on, on the Big 12 uh, media days. Uh, I think Self said something like, looking at the new Big 12 schedule, like we're going to have to get used to maybe l- losing some more games and focusing more on having the team in the best place in March. He, I think he kind of said like he's expecting to lose some more regular season games in the in the future, right? You've got Houston coming in like the conference is loaded, and this year is part of that. Uh, in this schedule is part of it, so I've tried to think about that too. Which is like I think he is going to let them play through some early struggles a bit more than we've seen him do in the past. The one self criticism is like he doesn't play the young guys enough. He doesn't let them get ready. Because he's so competitive, he's got to win the regular season games. I don't think we've really seen that so far. So I think it's well, an intentional you know why, adjustment, Mike. Oh, yeah. But you know why you're not seeing that is because there is no, no senior on the bench well, that maybe isn't as talented as the young guys. Like he, the guy he turned to when he got sick and tired of playing the other dudes was yeah. a freshman in Jamari McDowell. Like that's been the safety valve. So. Like Nick Timberlake's a That's senior. Well, he's part yeah. of the problem. He's part of the problem. So you're not like, okay, nobody else can get it done. We're putting Timberlake in there. No, he's the guy who's getting benched in favor of the young guys. So I just don't feel like the roster makeup really has that little like emergency exit guy to throw in there when you're sick and tired of playing all the other dudes. It, it It's true, but I still think he was letting them play. Even, even like letting them play sped up a little bit more than we've seen in the past. Uh, a little less control, a little, little bit looser early in the year. And I think it's, it's a good thing. It's probably a smart, smart change up. Uh, I'm, I'm fired up for, for Friday and I'm fired up to see what bowl the Jayhawks go in. Now I want to circle back. Bryson said he, he has no idea what bowl KU goes to, but he doesn't think the pop tart bowl is out of the picture. Wow. We're on pop tart watch, pop tart watch. We're on pop tart Dream watch. season alive. There will be a lot of there will be a lot of Pop Tart content on this show leading up to that bowl game if that's where KU yes. ends up going. That's it. That's it. We are on Pop Tart Watch. That's all yes. there is. The Kansas football team. We are officially Pop Tart Watch. Pop Tart Watch has begun. Run to your run. Don't walk to your local supermarket and buy your favorite Pop Tart flavor. For me, I know this is an unpopular opinion. For me. It's s'mores. I know a lot of people think the s'mores one is gross. I happen to like, if I'm going Pop-Tart, I'm going s'mores. If, I, if they don't have s'mores, I'm going brown sugar cinnamon. I don't do the fruity Pop-Tarts. That's just me, though. And, and that is why I am nominating myself as the alpha of the episode. 
And I will actually, uh, in turn, be nominating myself for the alpha of the episode. So if you would like to weigh in on this, please let us know in the comment section. Leave us a review on Ooh, iTunes, on Spotify. Tell us via review. Let us know. Tell us via review, five-star review, mind you, five-star reviews only. Let us know who is the alpha of the episode. We will tally up the votes and uh, make the results public on next week's episode. If you haven't, subscribe, rate, review, wherever you're listening. Show your friends. You're going to be with your families around the holidays. Let them know. what. Hey, what better Christmas gift to give a loved one than a free one, which is a subscription? Grab their phone, and even if they don't like KU, subscribe to this podcast for them. It's the greatest gift. It's the season of giving, and give your family and friends something that's priceless. Literally, it's priceless because it's free. The best Christmas gift, the best gift for the holidays. Uh, Thank you for listening. Uh, Thank you for voting for me for Alpha of the episode. I'm the Alpha. I'm the Alpha. Goodbye. And that's the final word. Me being the Alpha. Goodbye.